Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem Singh. I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. First and foremost, uh, thank you to Seed Apparel. Uh, thank you for the amazing uh, pants and the social responsibility uh, that you adhere to with your business. If you're unfamiliar with Seed, check them out on Instagram at imseed or on the internet at theseedstore.ca. They make super stylish pants that you could wear for anything. You could wear them skateboarding. You could wear them rock climbing, doing yoga, traveling, hanging around the house. Uh, they come in lots of different colors and they're constantly making different things. So if you just stay tuned to what they're doing, um, it's all made in Canada, designed in Canada with sustainable fabrics. They do natural dyeing. Um, amazing company. So check out Seed. Thank you for the support on this podcast. Also, shout out to the Minds Dye. Uh, Minds Dye does hand dyed uh, fabrics. They do head wraps. They do hoodies. They do all sorts of amazing uh, artisan work. You can check them out on Instagram at Minds Dye, M I N D S D Y E. Uh, or you can also uh, check out their Etsy store where you can order some of their uh, amazing products online. Okay, so interesting time, everybody, right? April 1st here where I am. Uh, been at home for a little bit and just been reflecting a, a lot on what's happening in the world. And I thought, why not do an episode where I sit in my uh, little studio at home and sort of let you know what my process has been like. And uh, hopefully that is supportive to you in some capacity as you go through the ups and downs of this time of COVID-19 and 2020 on the planet Earth. Uh, so uh, just to go back a little bit, um, some of you have heard some of the previous older episodes uh, about me discovering Kundalini Yoga and uh, meeting one of my mentors and teachers, Guru Singh, and uh, finding sobriety. And um, I thought I would rewind a little bit uh, as, and just be open with you about some of my story and where we're going to go from here. And we'll sort of take it from there. Um, and I'll throw a little bit of what happened in the past into the mix so it kind of gives you some perspective. And I find this therapeutic for me to be open like this. Um, you know, it's not easy sometimes to be open, but it's a part of my healing process and uh, just wanted to share um, a wider lens view of the work that I'm doing and the work that we're doing, um, my partner and I, as well as the Dharma Temple community um, and the global Sangit, how we relate to the global community. So um, after meeting Guru Singh, I decided I was going through a very challenging time and I didn't really want to go to treatment again. I'd been before um, my whole life. I've been really, you know, studying spiritual practices, meditating, doing yoga, but I've also really struggled with addiction, um, with addiction to drugs and alcohol, um, and suffered quite a bit in re with relationships, had a hard time. I, I tend to run away when things get tough. Um, or sabotage, self-sabotage, or harm others, and um, I've done that, you know, I was a teenager, I left home as a teenager, um, I had a really strained relationships with my family, I had a failed marriage when I was young to a, an amazing person who really supported me, and I just, I couldn't pull it together for years, uh, and then, you know, this is whipping through my life, but uh, and then I met SJ, my current partner, and we had a child, and, and I was still processing all these years and years and years of 
uh, trauma and painful experiences, all the while working on yoga and meditation practices. So, you know, it's been it's been a heavy life, but it's been a rewarding life, and it's a, a great life for a bodhisattva, somebody who's committed to the service of others and gives up their own need for uh, awakening to serve others. And it's taken me, I, I would say that just recently, I'm starting to get a taste of what it means to live your life for other people. I've been very self-centered in my life, especially my spiritual pursuits, but also in my pursuits that have been harmful behaviors like uh, drugs, alcohol, um, relationships, uh, food, all of those kinds of things. So anyhow, I say all of that because uh, when I when I met Guru Singh, that was a time when I was like, I've got some serious issues here with drinking and I'm being called to be a support for a community. Uh, we had a previous yoga center and I, and if I'm going to do that, I'm going to have to stop, stop drinking. And I had had meetings with my sister and my business partner, Sina, and also I wouldn't call them meetings, but more like an ultimatum for my partner saying, this has got to stop. You have to stop with this behavior or you're going to lose your family and you're going to lose this community. And so I made a commitment to myself saying, okay, well, I'm going to see if I can do this uh, through sadhana or spiritual practice. And if I can't, then I'll go back to a treatment center. And so I committed to doing the Aquarian Sadhana, which is the uh, practice that the Kundalini Yoga community um, does all over the world. It happens early in the morning at 4 a.m. Um, and it's about a two and a half hour practice. And so I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn Japji, the prayer of Guru Nanak. And then I'm going to do this Sadhana every day for 90 days. And if I can do it every day without missing a day, then I know that I'm strong enough to keep going. And so I did that, and then I continued on for uh, nine months without missing a day, and I got sober, and I began to uh, heal some of the wounds. Now, the interesting thing about healing, as many of you know, is that it's not linear, um, it's cyclical. I'm a very cyclical person, and so I came in and out of uh, the dark and the light. I oscillated between shadow and uh, levity or gravity and levity and those oscillations uh, were still quite extreme because they were a part of the pattern in my life you know like trying to be really holy and not you know white knuckling it in my sobriety and then swinging way over to the other side and partying and then feeling guilty and then white knuckling it again and you know this cyclical pattern of uh, suffering and or the hungry ghost realm, as they call it in the Buddhist uh, teachings. But I found it really hard to break the cycle. And I would say that the real, um, there were many doors leading towards this moment in my life saying, you know, this isn't for you. All the drinking and partying isn't for you. You're being called to live in a different way. Um, so there were many doors, but one of the big, big doors was uh, coming to kundalini yoga and i i did have a few years of sobriety um and then uh i started to hear these uh, whispers or murmurs about uh, yogi bhajan the founder of kundalini yoga and some of his misconduct sexual misconduct and i was 
pretty alarmed by that. Um, and so I thought I'm going to ask questions about this. And so uh, at that time, just before that happened, some of you may have heard the story, but just before that happened, I had gone to the 3HO summer solstice with some dear friends. And during the white tantric, I had an experience where, um, you know, I heard the voice of Yogi Bhajan and saw Yogi Bhajan in a vision and deep meditation. And whether that's real or not, or my subconscious or his subtle body, I don't really know. But the conversation that we had was, uh, he said, you're paying too much attention to thought. You need to pay attention to consciousness. You're not called to be a Sikh in this life. Uh, and you're called to live in a different way. And I'll show you what that is. And then that was it. And I was back in this, you know, shelter or this, you know, giant uh, tent structure doing white tantric with all the other members of the community. And that really threw me for a loop because I had experienced this transformation through Kundalini Yoga and through doing the Japji and studying Gurmukhi and learning about the Sikhs. And it threw me for a spin. And that, and it was around that time that I started to hear these murmurs about Yogi Bhajan's uh, behavior, sexual scandals. And, and so I started asking questions. And I asked questions to people who've been around uh, the community for a long time. And my questions were sort of swept aside, like, you know, a lot of younger generation people applauded me and said, good for you for asking the questions. And a lot of people who've been around for a while were kind of like, well, yeah, we've heard things, but you, you know, you can't really believe everything that you hear. Uh, let's just wait and see, you know, that kind of thing. And I struggled with that, especially after this questioning that happened in this meditation and then the questioning and feeling like, is this unstable? Should I keep going? And I, I didn't have the strength in my sobriety to keep up. And so I, I thought, oh, well, I'm going to back away from this practice a little bit. Um, I didn't, I stopped wrapping my head for a while. I trimmed my beard back. Um, and I, I still did my practices, but I was confused. And during that time of confusion, I thought to myself, you know what? Oh, and also Anthony Bourdain died, which, you know, he is also a hero and somebody that I looked up to. And that, you know, I was really, that really hit me hard as well. And I, I had a lot of questions about, should I even be doing this? Um, and so I decided as a result, I, I guess it's depression that was happening now looking back. But as a result, I look back and I go, you know, what, when you felt that depression, did you have the capacity to go deeper into a practice that seemed unstable to you at the time? That to me wasn't the answer. And I didn't lean into my own intuition really either. I followed the cyclical pattern, not to the same extreme that I had in the past, but I fell back into the cyclical pattern and I, I had a thought to myself and I was like, well, maybe I can, you know, have a, a beer here and there. Um, you know, I've kind of been so deep in my spiritual practice. I haven't been able to really connect with my partner and maybe doing this will allow me to do it, which is really an excuse has nothing to do with my partner. It's all about me. And so I, I tried that and I tried having a drink 
here and there and uh, I wasn't able to do it um, you know I what was a drink here and there started to be one beer or two beers a day for a week or so or two weeks or a short period of time and then I could just feel myself slipping and I was like whoa this is not the answer and and so you know I stopped again and I got deep into my practice again and connected to my community and and it was after that time that things really started to blossom because any question that I had about uh, the effectiveness of my practices kundalini yoga as well as the other practices that I had done before many practices over the years as I said I've sat at the feet of many masters for 23 years practice meditation uh, all while struggling with addiction and gathered many many tools uh, during that time and also accumulated a lot of karma along the way um, anyhow things really started to blossom after that I got solid in my foundation. I got solid as a leader in the community. I started to really study. I started to like show up and cultivate a deep uh, sense of awareness through the practice. And, and big things started happening. I always said that I was going to write a book. And I wrote this book, Merging with the Infinite. I always said that I was going to go to India. Um, and I did go to India. And I went to the Golden Temple. And I did the 84 steps. And I went to the home of the Dalai Lama. Like, this is a dream come true for me to do these things. And I did it with dear friends and brothers. Um, and that was so transformative. And I, I've just, you know, it's been this incredible uh, journey. And I watched the community at Dharma Temple flourish. And I watched people get sober. And I watched people face, you know, abusive relationships through doing the practice. And we were all steady together. And, and the room was packed with people. And, uh, you know, this podcast has been so successful. And our reach just kept expanding and expanding. And I, I just thought, you know, this is incredible. I am so blessed. Like every every day just felt like um, uh, this is amazing. I had teachers who I loved and respected come and teach in the space. And, you know, I, I can't put into words um, the depth of gratitude that I uh, was experiencing at the time and still I'm experiencing um, with what was happening with the space. The vision was always to have this space that wasn't just a place for exercise, but was a place for healing and elevation, a place where we could really serve uh, people where they're at. And, and Dharma Temple became that. And then <laughs> something happened. And that something happened is, is that those questions that I had had just before the relapse uh, resurfaced but they resurfaced in a big way a lot of stories about Yogi Bhajan's behavior a lot of uh, Premka's book some of you uh, most of you listeners probably have heard of it but you know allegations of sexual misconduct started coming up from all over the place uh, violent behavior um, just appalling uh, details coming from everywhere and it really shook me and it really shook m my family and it really shook our community now we've always sort of you know those of you listen to this know that I'm a little punk rock and my partner too she's she's a wild one and so we've never really like 
did things exactly as they are, um, we are too free for that. But we definitely saw the benefit of this practice. And we, to have these allegations come through, we're like, what do we do? Like, we don't, we don't condone that kind of behavior. We believe uh, the women and the victims. And it left us feeling broken and grieving and questioning whether we should even be teaching this and questioning who we are in relationship to this where we've experienced all of this incredible um, healing medicine from the practice and for it to be like oh actually this person was had a lot of serious shadows and hurt a lot of people and how do we go forward from that place it's that's been hard and then while we're completely bewildered, confused, brokenhearted, uh, a global pandemic gets thrown into the mix and we have to stay home. And oh, and before that, we had a mold and a leak in the studio and we're having a difficult time getting the landlord to fix it. And we had to be closed when he finally did agree to doing that. We were closed for the first part of March. I went to uh, our new Calgary center, amazing center, beautiful community that our dear friends, Jeremy and Lauren had begun. And, and the space was about to open and I went there just before and we had these amazing sadhanas and uh, coming into the new year, I was like, I'm gonna go back to the Aquarian sadhana. You know, I was doing it every day for 60 days. And I was like, I'm home and I'm so thankful and look at all of this prosperity. And then the Yogi Bhajan thing. And then I get back from Calgary and it's like global pandemic everything is shut down everything stops and you know if I was if I was confused before now I was in a state of devastation and complete brokenness as opposed to confusion and I didn't know what to do and the blessing this time around is that I've kept up with my sobriety um, I've kept up with Keep, keeping a clean vegan diet and I've uh, stayed close with my family and my community but I definitely have been like what do we do here you know I have to support my family I have to um, be there for the people who really count on me as a teacher because I've look how far we've come together but also like what do we do you know, we we can't just keep the studio afloat, pay, paying rent and doing free Instagram courses uh, or classes on the Instagram live. And, you know, just before this happened, I did put a big push on the Patreon. And many of you have heard this uh, where I've started putting live classes up. It's almost like some part of me knew that this was coming soon. I started putting things, not the, not my personality or my thinking mind, you know, um, but I started putting this Patreon stuff up and we had started doing some recovery circles at the center. Um, and so I have been able to m move with this um, to get some things online and I'm so grateful for the people who've become members of the Patreon so that you can keep practicing with me and people who come to the free uh, recovery circle on Thursdays 
um, and people who have joined up for the Dharmic Devotion online course and who have shared how this has impacted you and then people who have just reached out, people who have made donations, people who have just gave kind words, who have expressed uh, how special this work is. And um, it means a lot, you know, it means so much to see how all of this up and down and and meditating and striving and suffering and feeling broken all of these cycles um, having the the strength to be steady through them especially this time um, it it is so inspiring and it reminds me that i can get through it because i got through so many i've been broken down so many times and and the interesting thing is is for most of my life, I just turned 39 last week, for most of my life when I was really broken down, when I really watched my whole world burn to the ground, I was the one holding the match at the end of it. You know, I was the one who started the fire. And for the first time at 39 years old with this horrific time that I'm going through and our family's going through and this planet is going through and you and your community are going through this time I'm standing here and I don't have a match in my hand I've got tools I've got water I've got bandages I've got food I've got resources I've got a community of people saying let's serve for the first time I'm standing here and I'm not going Oh, why did I do that? I'm going, it wasn't me this time. Yes, I'm so grateful why I grew. Now, how do I serve? And I've had this time of pause. This is one of the first times in my life where I've had a pause where it's like, I'm not going somewhere to teach. I'm not going somewhere to study with a teacher. I'm not doing my daily grind of running here and there and everywhere. I'm I'm in my home and I've got my tools laid out in front of me. The years of meditation, the years of different practices of yoga, the years of different mantras and sounds, the years of eating vegan food, the years of learning about Ayurveda, the years of just observing what really works, what has served me to get through the worst of times. And what has made me really self-aware and allowed me to be where I am today. And how do I, how do I t look out at all of these things and uh, show up in a way that's going to be supportive, that's going to expand from our, the view of with Dharma Temple where we say, does it heal and does it elevate? The next level is does it educate? And is there space for collaboration? And that's what this is about. And I don't know where I stand with everything that's happened in Kundalini Yoga. And I don't know where I stand with what's going to happen going forward with all of this uh, pandemic. And I don't know, you know, the world is never going to be the same as it was. However, I've spent a lifetime gathering tools and you know using them when i needed them walking through door after door after door of pain and suffering and gathering information and now i feel like okay i've got space here 
I've got time. How do I want to show up? Looking at all the different aspects of my life, all the different daily practices that I've done over time, what really worked, what can be left aside, and I'm listening to my voice, not something outside of me, but really tuning in and listening. And this is the time to do that. And I would encourage you, the listeners of this podcast, to do the same. And we're going to do this together. Dharma Temple, we may have to move locations, but we are not out of business. We are going to continue with the work that we're doing. I'm going to continue teaching online. I'm going to continue counseling. And I'm going to be here no matter what as we pass through this and the way it looks may shift and who I'm in close relationship to what may shift and you know as a teacher and as a student but I trust that the work that I've done carries with it a potency and that I have tools that no matter what you're going through whether it's anxiety, depression, addictions, issues, uh, feeling displaced, feeling like you don't belong, whatever it is that you're going through, I hope that in some way, as a committed bodhisattva, one who's taking right now, in this moment, at 39 years old on April 1st, taking a vow to show up and to share what I've learned in hopes that more of us can feel at home with who we are regardless of our circumstances i'm here and and if you feel like there's some way that i could serve you please let me know uh, you can email me at tiagaprem at the dharma temple.com um, if you're feeling called to support us the dharma temple uh, you can go to the dharma temple.com and there's different teachers on there and different ways to share and support um, join the recovery circle it happens on thursday mornings at uh, 10 a.m via zoom the link is in my bio on instagram i've got online offerings those are ways that you can connect with these teachings that we can support each other um, check those out email me if you want info dm me on instagram um, merging with the infinite japji has been a huge 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 support for me in my life especially when things were hard um, and I put that into words in, in English, uh, in a transcreation, my own poetic understanding that's a little less dogmatic. Um, so you could check that out. You can buy the link is in my bio on my Instagram to get a hold of that. And then the Saturday morning class will be streamed live 9:30 a.m. Pacific on the Dharma Temple uh, Instagram page. That will be free. Continue to be free. And this podcast will continue to be free. But, you know, I, I, I'm just like you are. I go through ups and downs. But one thing is certain. I didn't go through all this pain in this life for nothing. I didn't study all these different practices for nothing. And what seemed like to many people through the years, a person who doesn't know who they are and is just lost and confused yes that's part of the story but the other part of this story is is that i've been gathering information 
for a time of great suffering. Information about techniques that work from different practices and schools of thought, and also gathering information about what it means to really suffer. You know, and, and now is the time to look at how do I package this, not to sell, but package this as an emergency response kit to a time that is really intense on the planet. And I don't know everything, but I know some things. And I know that those things will be of benefit, not only to my life and my family's life, but to the Dharma Temple family in Calgary and in Vancouver, and also to the global Sangha of people, the Kundalini Yoga community who's feeling displaced and betrayed, to people of other yoga lineages who, you know, they've gone through the same thing, or they've wondered, where did that Reno guy go? To people who are not interested in practicing yoga whatsoever, and all they need is a breathing technique, or people who are ready to put the bottle down, or are finally ready to stop putting powder up their nose or taking drugs, or people who are ready to create a healthier relationship with food or with the earth or with their parents. I know I've got tools, and I've got a community of people who've got tools, and we're here, and we're ready, and I'm thankful that you're a part of that. So thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for listening. Lots of love. From our family to yours. This is Tiaga Prem Singh signing off. Satnam.